A special Thanksgiving edition of Central Division, Dave. Hello, Michael. Hello. I, I think we have done quite a few Thanksgiving. I know because I usually, we usually find the photos from the Macy's parade and trot those out. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen when Macy's goes kaput and there's no one who's going to take over rights? It's going to be like the uh, SoFi yeah. New York oh City Thanksgiving. Cryptocurrency yeah. uh, LA Forum. <laughs> It's funny, these things that like, I think I like the Macy's parade, like 50 years in the past, and not because it seems somehow less commercial, because you don't even know what some of the floats are referring to. And now it's like, oh, wait, this is a Pokemon or or it's some sort of corporate synergy that I definitely do not need. The um, Macy's Day Parade is one of the greatest letdowns of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I didn't think that's what you're going to say. It's like, just oh. a straight marketing thing. It's you know what it is. It's just like here's my take. It's it's like the Oscars. It's mm. just a for-profit enterprise. They wow. do it because they have a sponsor. No one cares. No one's there. Have you ever gone? Why would you no, go? No, no, no. I have actually, I watched. I think they should it? combine the parade and the Oscars. It would be incredible. It's like a a and float the, of Jack Nicholson. And the, and the Rose Bowl. And the world, just get it all together. And then we, um, I would much prefer to see like uh, Oppenheimer themed floats or um, whatever. Barbie. It seems dark, Dave. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> well, don't make it Barbie. Dark. We'll do it. Bar Barbie makes too much sense. It's got to be like, I just love to see Robert De Niro in those thick glasses and from Killers of the Flower Moon. I haven't um, seen any of these movies, man. I'm 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 tragically behind on all movies, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a good run for it in the fourth quarter and watch movies, Dave. I yeah, watched well, the it is. Blackberry movie. Did you see that thing? Did you ever have? No, a I, I've 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 thought about it. I've stared at the tile, if that's what we're calling those things, but I haven't crossed over. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's it was pretty good. There was like one character in there that like co CEO who's insane and who makes it great. Uh, but yeah, Blackberry, it's interesting. I didn't, I never really understood that. I mean, I knew the iPhone was a big part of the problem with the Blackberry, but I didn't realize it was really the carriers, uh, that basically, did, you know, ruined Blackberry's business because hmm. they all wanted to make more money. I wonder what the most ubiquitous object that has been invented in our lives. That's now totally obsolete. Something that wasn't around. 20 years ago, came, CD, made CD. a huge thing. CD. CDs. Um, but the CD seems like a format and not an object, right? Like you're not buying, like a Blackberry is like a brand and a thing. A CD was like a, a way of a conveyance. But so it that's so, true too, for sure. But uh, I would, the Blackberry is definitely near the top. Yeah, totally. I mean, but I don't think Blackberry was that, it was in certain circles. There weren't a lot of people that, there were a lot of people that didn't have Blackberries. No, I never, did you ever have one? Yeah, I had a bunch of them. You know, Chris Black famously like was just holding on to the BlackBerry and was it was like a whole thing for him now. So every time I see anything BlackBerry related, I think about Chris. It's the I, real it was the real buttons, right? I, I uh, and the, the click one, yeah. and the click and, and the and, and the BBM and the messenger. Ooh. Um they said Barack was, uh Obama was actually addicted to his. They had to keep it away from him. He just couldn't <laughs> stop. I mean, it was I, wait, so I was in the I went to get my glasses fixed yeah. at, at like an optical shop and no one could find the screw that I needed of for course, these like salt sunglasses. And I, so I went into like a dealer, great, great shop, actually like shout out to 
good optical shop. Like they just fixed the glasses for, they just did it for nothing. I love that. And anyway, the, when I was in there waiting for the guy to replace the screw, I heard the other guy saying, I need to go back to return the CD that I bought because the jewel case was cracked and they said they would give me a new one. And I was like, oh my God, I can't is he getting I in a time this. machine to return yes. it? I mean, that is insane. The jewel case. I mean, half the people, any youngsters listening to this will have zero idea what that is. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, th there was no part of the CD buying experience that was conducive to like it, the whole part was awful except listening to the music but like first they would come in those boxes which they <laughs> yeah. would were so wasteful just because that was the way they displayed tapes then they went into the small wrapped in plastic impossible to open impossible to open you, then once you, you got like the... re you remember that edge on the bottom too because it was like <laughs> it was like a a ribbed edge so you would uh, like yeah. try to slide your your thumbnail in yeah. there to open that thing wouldn't up. work and then they put those kind of stickers along the top that also you had to yeah. be very methodical to peel off and then they didn't and then it would somehow damage or at least mess with the, the visuals of your uh you know uh your Jan Gillette's Brockett CD. Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation yeah. CD <laughs> that you bought Dave excellent oh my god so bad um <laughs> I mean no wonder these things ran out I mean the, but then of course the first time you would get to your college dorm room early you would like set them all up set up the old CD library Anyway, this is not what we plan to discuss. Not that we have a master my, plan. My today. wife still has all her old CDs and refuses to depart, you know, get rid of really? them. Really? Yeah. And now I'm responsible to move her like 15 <laughs> Britney Spears CDs. And now that's what I call music collection. Every that, To every home, you know, it's I, taking up a whole drawer in our house for no absolutely reason. Absolutely zero reason to keep cds i even have a cd player in my car though so i'm i'm less i have some small reason but i just have i don't know road trip related cds like tom petty or like wilco that that seems like rem seems acceptable american bands good i'm not, good, I'm not solid a, i'm not a wilco bands. guy i should have put that in my like things that oh, that's i good. should like that i don't i famously I, don't like wilco i think there's plenty of room for people not to like wilco like the fact that Wilco is like considered a beloved, it's they're better if they're smaller, like most things. What um, do you like Wilco versus the national? Where do you see that? Oh my God. National 5,000 times better. Oh, <laughs> I love the national. Wilco you think is people fine. have feelings about that. You think people are going to, uh, I, the national is much more like sensitive Brooklyn boys, which of course I'm, even though don't go to Brooklyn, I'm sympathetic to. I did go see the <laughs> Wilco at the left in, in uh, Marfa, sort of, I used to go to that music festival. Mm -hmm. El Cosmico is usually really small, and they would. It was really fun because there would just be a few hundred people, kind of at the edge of the desert, seeing like Bill Callahan, and it was it was wonderful. And then they decided to make it bigger somehow, and all these people came from L A. and they had a. It was thousands of people instead of hundreds. And that year they had Wilco, and I. And and Levine was there, and Sister Sarah was there, and I took some sort of edible and did the classic. <laughs> I almost spit not, out my coffee. No, no, sorry, should have warned you. <laughs> and I did the classic. It's not working. Let me have another one. Oh man! And then Dave. by the time Wilco came on, I just told Sarah and Aaron, I was like, I'm just going to be standing in this exact spot for the next three hours. I have, do not worry about. Me. And those guys came out and they played an awesome show. It wasn't like. Oh, we're just here and it's going to not take it seriously. They played like their full set. It was fantastic, even though I was completely gone. And uh, I, I was into it. I, I enjoyed it just as a 
you know, like one of those things you just admire, even if you aren't hardcore obsessive mm -hmm. about them, mm -hmm. which I'm not. Um, they're good. They're good. You know, they're the classic Brooklyn man from Cincinnati, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I think it's, but I think it's like, it feels like Midwest. Now we're talking, we're talking Wilco here that I saw like that, that it's more. Oh, you saw Wilco. Know. Sorry. Sorry. I was. Yeah. Sorry. So I was, I, the only time I saw. I got Wilco. lost at Edible. I, yeah, I was. I took an edible. I know. I've seen the National a zillion times and love them every time. I think they are just absolutely phenomenal live. And I, I don't. I mean, I would have been happy if they didn't. I guess they were about to break up, and I probably would have been happy if they did break up. With with my new theory that all bands should end, no bands should go along until they're in their forties, dads, and I guess somewhere in their fifties, which I was not ready for. I, I don't want the National in their fifties. I'm just not, not there for it. Pretty good, Dave. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. I had something in there for you, but nah, I lost it. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, so what's what's the? Oh, Williams oh what I was gonna yeah. say is, anytime I've ever taken an edible, just uh, as an oh, aside, yeah. I've just then started watching hockey, and then <laughs> and I swear to God, this happened multiple times where I would say, "Man, I gotta watch more hockey." <laughs> so exciting, but I, I love... only only if I'm on an edible. So good. I it, it is good to have a. Uh, a film or a pastime or a food or a sport that you can associate with some level of being in an alternate state. <laughs> and if it's hockey, you just have to like, really, I mean, maybe you get ready and you're like, wait, Stanley cup. Oh, this is happening. Clear out. Kids are away or something with your, with their grandparents got the house to myself. <laughs> Let's just get this Let's, thing going. <laughs> you know, uh, I learned yeah, when I was I fantastic. learned when I was in high school not to do psych not to do or watch psychedelic things while also on psychedelic mm. substances. Mm. So I'm with that you. that was a, a strong learning which I had to sort of come across the hard way. Um, so yeah, mellow things on psychedelic on psychedelic substances probably are the best. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, Dave. I like I like that as a as a guideline in general. Almost the, the darker. Are you going to be on mushrooms for Thanksgiving? What's your plan? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a tradition. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid of mushrooms. Something bad will happen to me. I've never done them. Uh, um, I feel like I, think, I don't I want to be when laugh. you haven't done something for a long time. You know, like I've never downhill skied. Like I don't then want to downhill ski and then like, oh, well, the first time Coggins did it, it was a disaster. He broke his leg. Or the first times he did mushrooms, he was that's, like in the emergency me. room. Yeah, I, I know you kind of. You kind of took care of that one and you were a cautionary tale for me skiing wise. Um, but I, I think feel like I, I think I said no, my mission is I'm like on a on a permanent mission just to any adult. I say don't ever learn skiing as an adult. Just don't do it. But the thing before you screwed it. your knee up is that you were an advocate for it. You were going to be an ambassador and write for Outside Magazine. And it was just a matter <laughs> of time before you're doing and you're like, this is great. But maybe is the lesson I, I, there's a real art to like, what are we going to learn as we get older? And I think like golf is a classic one that guys get into. It seems like people are, for whatever reason, getting into ceramics. I don't know, like actors and stuff when they've run out of things to do or something. But well, there's also something to be said for just like, there's no reason for me to learn how to ride a motorcycle at this point in my life. I mean, McNary helped me not ever want to ride and oh. you know, own a motorcycle after getting T-boned by a minivan. Oh, no. yeah. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I think fishing, ceramics. You know, go get your wine certification. Go yeah, exactly. Learn, go learn a foreign language. Work on the squash game. Yeah. Yeah. But I was never really an advocate. I wasn't, I was never, you know, Peekaboo Williams. No, I was inspired by your skiing journey 
I think because I was afraid to do it. Um, maybe sailing. Should I get into sailing? Yeah. Is that, is someone that... actually, one of one, someone reading the newsletter, I think we talked about sailing or in a Q&A or something I did. And then we had a chat and he was like, you should learn to sail because if you get certified, basically there's like an app that everyone needs crew all the time. So you can just sail all the time. If you wow. just through the app, it's like the technology that exists, I guess, to pair pe- pair up boats and crew is awesome and it's fun. And he's like, you should do it. You live in California. You can do it all the time. And I, I gave it serious consideration, but I'm like, do I need more hobbies, Steve? I'm already bad <laughs> at multiple hobbies. Do I need to be bad at three hobbies? <laughs> I think I think it's good to add something we're bad. I mean, there is some people are very good and I think you're good at learning things. It's a skill. I think men often don't want to do something where they look stupid. Um and it's good I'm, to I'm not used be afraid to of I'm that. used to looking stupid, so it's fine. <laughs> well, it made you a good golfer and you're very good at, at fishing, even though you've hardly done it. And I think it's some people are um I think because you're good at golf, you're quite efficient in your movements. And a um, lot of people, which if I can, that's a very weird compliment, but it's, it is, thank it, you. it's good. It's good when people are out there fishing and you're like, every, and it's a lot of things you got to try less hard, not have more movement, have less movement, whether you're casting or it seems true about golf too. It's always fascinating. Like when we see ourselves do something and we think we're doing it under control, it can be quite alarming to see a video of yourself casting. And I think it's probably true with golf too. When I was trying to learn briefly 15 years ago to golf, when all my friends were getting married, my friend took a video, like on an actual video, talk about something that's obsolete, not on a phone. Like he took a video of me taking a golf swing and it was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen in my life. Like it was like 20 times worse than like Bill Clinton or or closer to the Charles Barkley without the uh, pause in there. (laughs) It's pretty funny. I mean, I think the um, fishing thing Golf helped me with fishing because I know that even though you think you're moving, you think mm. you're moving slowly, but you're moving quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a lesson I sort of took from golf into fishing. And it's like to sort of pause at the top. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to Al James and um, mm. about Argentina and he was like, well, I'm sure David's giving you lots of advice, but if you need any sort of, you know, help with gear and what to bring and what to pack and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, David's offering zero advice on this i'm like i very much feel like i'm on my own oh my goodness well so so he was like i'll set you up don't worry i'll take care of you thank you al well that's nice al i'm i'm going bone fishing uh next week uh, on sunday so for a week in the bahamas not quite a week and i a trip that i arranged with some friends and i've been sending them highly detailed uh this is a little more involved because we kind of have to bring some of our own food and more flies it's like the it's a little bit lower key uh hospitality situation so you bring your own coffee and some other stuff and so i've been in their inbox in a highly detailed Mm -hmm. way once that is out of the way i will torture other people with um when we go to patagonia about other things we need i'm actually have to talk because they might have all that stuff down there anyway you don't have to worry about it but it does some people like to be uh plan this out and buy a bunch of stuff that they may or may not need and other people I mean, it's it's very much of a man's thing to see like, oh, no, I need something for every possible scenario or someone's just like, I'm I'm fine. I'm going to do it in a more minimal way, sort of like, um, I mean, you learn a lot about it's like someone's kitchen where they just have like a few knives or someone's like, no, no, of course, I have a complete array of knives that I never use. But in case I do, I'm ready. Yeah, it's 
I think I, I I don't I don't want to be with fishing and maybe with other things I agree I'm I'm like open to plan try to plan for every eventuality uh with fishing I think I'm just trying to I don't I just want to know that I don't I'm not exposed basically but I don't need to bring, <laughs> I don't need to bring a ton of stuff hey by the way I that's did a get good, a, that's very I, well said I did get a refund on my uh my mistakenly booked uh Ooh, airline travel in Argentina. That's satisfying. So, yeah, somehow it just came back. It's a miracle, uh, Dave. It's a Thanksgiving <laughs> miracle. It, it. I think there's. It's funny when you say that about being exposed because I was thinking there's something about fishing where you feel like you need. But I think this is a metaphor, so you don't have to fish. I think to appreciate it. it's like when do we feel like we're equipped and doing it correctly? Sometimes you just need a person to tell you you're doing it correctly. And they're like, okay, then I'm fine. That's why people like to fish with guides. But I was. I wrote about that rice cooker and it's like trying to speaking of learning something or like I'm kept wanting to know if I was doing the right thing. And mm. it's almost like if someone had just said, yes, you're fine. Then I'd be like, Oh, okay, good. I just need that reassurance. And uh, it's always funny when we like, when we're learning something, how, how we need to be comforted by knowing that you're know, like, yes, it's supposed to look like that. Or, or this is, this is the way the process is. And, mm -hmm. and um, would you ever go to like YouTube to to like give <laughs> I, you guidance on that sort of thing? I do a little bit. I think at a certain point, if you fish a ton or if you cook, not a certain fishing, amount, but like using well, a rice cooker or something. Well, the rice cooker, I I, I was reading these incredible uh, in, instructions that were clearly translated from Japanese that were like the world's most polite instructions. It's like <laughs> please please rinse the rice. I'm like, thank you. Okay, I will. Since you've asked so politely, um, I I didn't. Everything was actually surprisingly easy <laughs> and i i realized uh that i wanted it to be less easy because if it's easy then you're just part of the process if it's like i wanted i realized later to like make it a little bit about me where i at least had some input but it's you know it has zero to do with me <laughs> which are, is we, are we still fun. are we still talking about the rice cooker i think we're talking about the rice cooker it could go with anything though <laughs> it's like when you like do you want to be a vessel for something or do you want to be the author of that thing and mm. I think some people who, especially people who bake, they want to be a vessel. They want to have it to be quite impersonal. They want to execute things that are laid out very clearly. And then someone who's like grilling, they want to be like, oh, that looks done. Or, oh, yeah. And then it's way more about you and theatrically flipping it. or um, and, and all very funny to me because I cannot bake and I don't like that sort of thing. But I and I really admire people who do. And I think similarly, people often who bake admire what they're not um Mm -hmm. what's out of their comfort zone i mean i think baking is you know it's much more process driven right versus right cooking which is much more of a feel you know it's mm -hmm. like being a technical player versus being a feel player <laughs> yeah um, for sure the rice cooker is interesting though because i liked that thing that you did um i like to try to make whole meals like in the rice cooker all mm, that's time. what people were People are yeah. saying you can do it for a thousand other things, of course, that I'm having. You can like cook to. chicken in the, like my daughter loves I'm, I'll make like sometimes rice and um, like Trader Joe's like pot stickers. Mm. And she like loves it. And you can just you put literally put them in there frozen and just run the thing. And it's like a whole meal like in this one dish and super right. easy. You don't need to. It's very passive. It's pretty great in that way. And then then you get crazy about like where you buy rice and washing yeah. the rice. And yeah. You can take it like a hundred levels, which is cool, which is, I like to do that. I don't know how to do everything in the kitchen, but the things I do need, I do know, 
I go like crazy. So, well, you're making pizzas in a you know brick oven or fire. I mean, that's pretty involved. I think you're into that, and you're, you're deep frying a turkey tomorrow, right? So, or... <laughs> I think deep fried turkey is such an overrated. I mean, the turkey is like the least important part of all these meals, right? I am going to make like we're having my wife's family over. It's going to be a pretty big group, but. I won't like I think before that I'm even gonna make I bought like a tiny like turkey breast and I'm gonna make just stuff for sandwiches. Right. Because oh, nice. I, I just like the sandwiches like with the dressing, with you yeah. know, with everything all together. Like that to me is like the best part of Thanksgiving. It's not really I mean, it's like nice the the meal and seeing everyone and obviously. Um, but like the food wise, I think the sandwiches the leftovers. Yeah, yeah. You're making leftovers before the meal. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. It's like Just you're like inverting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. I think one year, because my dad does not like turkey or something. So we tried to do, I don't know, some kind of fancy uh, guinea fowl or some you know, pheasant or something. And my sister totally flipped out. She's like, you know, and, and then I read later that like younger siblings are often very attached to like traditions. So, mm -hmm. which is always funny because I, I think she's probably more rebellious than me. And so it was a surprise to everybody that when we ditched the chicken for or the turkey for one year, the ramifications were highly emotional. And this was like in her 20s. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a teenager, you know, or toddler thing. But um, are you going to see everyone for Thanksgiving? Or are you going to be on no, an annual Thanksgiving fishing trip? I would. I No, I kind of forgot that I was I had annual Thanksgiving fishing trips, which were really great because I'm I can opt out of I think when I briefly had a job and realized how little time I had off, that's when I started to go to the Bahamas to go bone fishing on Thanksgiving. And that's why I kept meeting Canadians down there because no Americans were fishing <laughs> at that time. And I met these great Canadians at the place where actually I'm going. No, we're going to Emily's 102-year-old grandmother's uh, place in New Jersey. So nice. that's that's nice. pretty... Um, Love it. Uh, Garden State I, Parkway, bro. Yeah, there may there may be a train involved. Uh, I think it's a pretty um, low impact on the you know. She timing. she drives down and you take the train. She refuse, <laughs> refuses to travel with you. Smart move. I, uh, <laughs> I it will. I'm you know, I, it, it's all family and everyone on their best behavior. And I think when you know that the time window for that, that's a good. It's good to know what what how much time that can be. You know? Do you put the Riesling away? Or are you done? Is Riesling season officially Riesling's over? Riesling's done. Riesling's over. It's um Bojo, I'm... just all Bojo all the way. <laughs> no, I it's it's I'm staring into the. I mean, I could go heavy heavy into the Armagnac at this time of year, but I've have been screwing around a little with Calvados. Oh yeah, and we went we went to um, which I had with you when we were at um, at Keens mm -hmm. uh, before mm -hmm. things took a turn south. And I had one in in when I was in Paris, which was really nice. And then we went to this restaurant, which I loved that I think you would really like in the West Village called Libertine, which was written about by Matthew Schneier, our friend who's now mm. killing it as the New York Magazine food critic. And he's just so good. I mean, some people are just really good uh, at yeah. what they do from the beginning. It's it's quite shocking. And um, they really nice you kind of young couple who seems to run it or some of the owners and and he's into calvados which is just not something you encounter very often and uh that i think we got a little carried away with that last night but it was it was very nice so next time you're here we should um yeah i love it is it hard him. to get into is it hard to like everything yeah. else yeah there? we have to we have to make a little 
that'll make a little send a little message to some do some gr- person. do some groveling. I saw a little, I saw a little Commerce, low level grovel. <laughs> I saw uh, Commerce Inn was in Pete Wells wrote about Commerce Inn a little bit. I saw that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, good, but also, oh shit, Dave. No, that's that's right at the edge because the part part of the charm of the commerce is it's fact that you can get a seat at the bar mm-hmm. at five, which is, um, I realized I was looking the other day, like it's very hard to get a, <laughs> forget a drink just to meet someone at a bar before five. <laughs> it's harder. Most places open at five or six there, there, there just aren't a lot of bars. Um, I, I don't think that's like what there, people, there, but do. I think you're, well, there's, there's bars that are open. There are for sure. But if, but most, if a place opens now, they're way more likely to have food and the idea of an actual bar bar, I guess now there's like a raise in Greenpoint, which is a little bit frightening. Um, and that's like a self-conscious bar, but the idea of like, I don't know, the ear in or a, a place you would go closer to a pub or like just a dark mm-hmm. place to drink. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess, pretty much out of fashion. You're way more likely to drink like natural wine in a bright place and eat sardines and out of a freaking tin or something when I I just want to sometimes go to a place, especially at this time of year, you know, where guys are drinking Guinness or something and, and uh, not a lot of light is coming in. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think there's, it's still around, but yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm the natural wine thing just does not do it for me. So I just, anytime I hear that too, it's like, that's almost, that's one step away from we're going to a vegan restaurant for dinner. Right. I think these things can be good if they if just it's, don't tell me it's natural. Exactly. Wine. The point yeah. of it has to be that has to be incidental to something else that's good. It can't be like, oh, I only do X. It's like X is good and it's also organic or biodynamic or natural. Yeah. But um it I think some people do like the less sort of sugar and less finish, but most people I know strong-willed men in my life, my dad, Matt Hranick, and you, I know like wine that is more is stronger anyone who likes chateau neuf du pop is not going to be screwing around much with natural wine i tried to i actually was at thanksgiving a few years ago with matt where i tried to smuggle in natural wine but without (laughs) any of those like whimsical drawings on the label and just to see from a really good store that that wonderful place in livingston manor uh upstream wines and he and we like we thought about it I brought it in and it, I couldn't get it by him. He one step and he just said, what is this? And he <laughs> took it off the table. <laughs> I actually brought it home with me and he went into his collection and got something suitably robust. And that was a good lesson because I shouldn't have been trying to play God at, at his house. You know, um, I was in Tuscany a few years ago. Mm. Actually, this is several years ago. I went to I actually think I, was at the Cuccinelli dinner. Yeah, there was a, a, an, a writer there who mostly covered food and wine and was Italy-based but American. And we were talking about wineries. And and I think I said, you know, I have a day on Friday to go visit somewhere. Is there anyone anywhere around here that you really like? And so she said, you should go to Fontodi. I'll like connect you with the owner or whatever. So I did. I set it up and I think I took a cab down there anyway we were sort of touring the property which is like a beautiful you know hillside estate in tuscany and there's hay growing like all in between the vines and then there's cattle like eating the hay Hmm. and the owner was saying you know the hay challenges the wines for 
water and it just yeah, makes it the, yeah. yeah so the the competition makes the wine better mm. and he's like and we feed the hay to the cattle and then we eat the we make make steak from the cattle and it's pairs perfectly with that wine and wow. i was like this is like the biodynamic this is what i know we're talking yeah like yeah. that's a different that's a different sort of situation that? And if if that's if that's natural and organic, like that's awesome. But I, th that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I'm totally into it, and uh, I I'm ready. I'm ready to I'm ready to go there. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. I, it's so funny. I don't. I was in in Italy wine uh, store the other day, getting actually a place that Emily's visited. This Montesecundo which is natural and organic and is just delightful. They make a wonderful Chiani that's really good that you can get. Um, and it, I don't know how we got, how we drained the fun out of wine. Like they have these beautiful large format wines. And I think it's a little bit like learning and being not being afraid to make a fool of yourself. Like how do we learn to cook or fish or whatever it is? And like wine somehow is this huge kind of open area where men in particular like don't want to uh not have their lack of knowledge exposed somehow and i think it's like it's wine is so wonderful and can be so much have so easy going and pleasure and just a natural thing to enjoy and yet we we make it so complicated and how many points it, in the grades and I, you need to know more and it's like if you ever go to italy or france or these places they're not i mean they appreciate it for sure but they're not kind of fussing about it in a way that takes the fun out it always just seems like it's more fun there somehow maybe it's just because you're in italy <laughs> but i mean there's more of a tradition it's also more in more in the culture mm. i don't know it's like in italy it feels like fathers teach their sons to dress in a different mm -hmm. way that it happens in america and that's not i mean i think it's if you're into clothes like it's a better way but it's not that's you know there's no judgment on that that's that's just the way it is it's culturally like more in their mm -hmm. lives I found with wine, I don't know a lot about wine. I'm not a wine expert. I mean, I know a little bit, right? And I know enough to be dangerous. I know what I like. I have a sense <laughs> of my palate, right? But I found that I've never spoken to anyone about wine where they weren't just excited to talk about it. Mm, they never, good. like, I've never felt any judgment. I never felt like I need to express perfectly, like, what I'm tasting mm. or what it, where something comes from, or even that I understand the grapes or the regions. And, you know, I don't understand all of the regions of France. Like, I, no, can't no. pronounce half of that shit anyway so it's like <laughs> you know but but i've never ever felt like if people if you're excited about something and you like it and a uh, some that's good anyone in wine like always just wants to talk about it mm -hmm. so, that's good i think is i think it's cool i mean it, it, we're in a good i mean we've talked about it before like there are so many good wine stores within a five minute walk of my apartment it's insane and and not just ones that look fancy like just ones on the corner that are kind of like divey looking or that 20 years ago probably weren't that interesting and it's just incredibly good and like wines by the glass list in so many places are great and you try yeah. it's not just like oh here's you know grigio or you know chardonnay it's not like just basic things you know it's like things you've never heard of and it's a really fun time to do it anyway i've been cutting down on my wine so it's Maybe that's why I want to talk about it because it's not it's not going in as much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would, my my sister in law actually was talking about this show on Apple called Drops of God. Have you heard about? Oh, I've show? heard of this. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's some good Thanksgiving. You watch I'm it, don't drink it, Dave. No, I'm gonna. I need to. I need to get ready, gear up, get my Apple subscription going right in time for um, the next season of 
slow horses, mm. then I can watch this show. I mean, I, I a little bit cluster my things in my subscriptions because otherwise I get overwhelmed with too many options. So I'm like, yeah. wait till there's a ton I want, and then I I destroy Hulu or, or whatever it is because nice. it's it's too 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 hard to to navigate all this stuff. Um, so are you actually responsible for a turkey? I mean, that seems no, like I'm uh, not responsible for anything, which is good. I think I could do it, but it's it's pretty stressful. It's a lot of work just for actually I'm gonna make one thing. I'm gonna make like I only make like sort of hokey Midwestern dishes that nice. everyone will think are ridiculous, but then are delicious. That's so that's I'm, the way to do it. I'm making a jello pretzel salad, Dave. And my daughter, <laughs> my six-year-old was like, What's the salad part? I'm like, it's only salad in name. It's no salad. <laughs> salad part is very good. That's very wise. Uh, yeah, that I love when kids say things like that, that is like, gets to the true logic, the heart of the matter. Yeah. Where it's the salad part. What's the part you're like, uh, the contrast between the pretzel and the jello. So jello still exists. We can still get it. I guess I didn't know that was out yeah. there. Jello is good for you, Dave. I'm surprised you're not having jello every day. I'm surprised Emily doesn't bring you a jello every morning on your bedside. I, uh, yeah, not, not a lot, not a lot of jello. I guess maybe some weird stuff in Japan has like that consistency, which like surprisingly they're into you know all that mochi and um, things that have a little gelatinous vibes that I'm I'm not not always going in on. Jello, um, I think once a year is uh, is pretty good. Probably yeah, that pretzel Jello salad actually is. It's funny because I was also making this when I so when I was in college. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Dave. Mm. What, this I'll come back to the to Thanksgiving and all this stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was in college, I worked at a sorority house. And really? I washed the dishes at the sorority house. And in exchange, I would eat meals with the sororities, like with all the women in the sorority. Hmm. So the what are the two benefits of this, Dave? I would get my meals for free, basically. Right. My, my dad actually, I think, gave me money for my meals. But mm -hmm. so I would like use be able to use that money. So I'd save the money. I'd get eat with them and I'd eat with them. So I literally met the entire sorority. Fantastic. Which was, yeah, it was a great situation. but. There was this like casserole that the <laughs> chef lady made there, and I still remember it. So I was like making it, and I'm like the holy trinity of of ridiculous Midwestern casserole meals. It's like cream of mushroom soup, and oh yeah, all sure. these things that like you would never ever buy. And I'm this, like, here, here we go. This is incredible, and I just need a few more details for the screenplay I'm going to be writing based on <laughs> this. Uh, <laughs> so you. You want first of all the sorority girls they can't wash their own dishes like it, they the dishes are done by someone else is that true for most like fraternities and sororities I think they probably pay right mm. the, yeah they probably pay they probably pay for the meals and the chef mm. and you know I think the house is like paying for that fraternities like didn't have this obviously so, so what what uh chapter was it is that a sigma kappa gamma or what uh... it was uh it was eighty pi it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I what, think, is, what were they known for? I don't. I mean, I, I didn't. They didn't have uh, sororities and fraternities at my school, of course, because there was no. I mean, every like sorority is different at every mm. school, so mm. um, they. I don't. They were. They were nice. Everyone was really nice there. They weren't. It wasn't like a crazy. There were a couple of sororities, I think, there that uh, were a little, you know, more high maintenance or just. I don't know. It was like a the big leagues or something like that. But these these. These women were just really nice. Everyone was really nice. There. Last question here. So 
you ate with them and then cleared the dishes and washed them? So, or you ate first or did you eat later? No, I think we would eat work? with them. I think we we would. And the, usually there were a few people, like a couple people Guess. there. Yeah. No, a couple like guys That's, that would wash uh, dishes. Yeah. And so some of my fraternity brothers would also be there. So mm. I think we would eat, but I think they would sit. It was just like sit wherever you like, you know. I oh, wouldn't sit with all of them all the time, but I think gotcha. we would sit together and they would join us sometimes. And then we would wash dishes after, basically. <laughs> and it would like take an hour. It wasn't a big deal. I, washing dishes is is nice, I think. I, you know, it, it provides a sense of order, accomplishment, and it's a good good habit to be in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I like to I I hate unloading a dishwasher, but I I don't mind washing <laughs> dishes. Really? Yeah, we uh, there's some discussion in our s small apartment about whether two people are enough people to use a dishwasher. Um, so generally, we kind of wash as we go. But I've never had an apartment that had a dishwasher. I don't think so. It seemed like an exciting thing to have, but to wash like six things is silly. So. It's more we're doing, actually we're, even we're this, even a small amount is more efficient in a dishwasher than by hand. Is this coming straight from wire cutter? You can look that up. If you no, know. I believe it. it just, I feel confident I, in this. <laughs> wire cutter. Washing machines or uh, dishwashers are highly efficient. So, but, um, wire cutter kind of takes the fun out of a lot of things. <laughs> Do you ever find that where it's like we tested? Like, I don't really want to go to wire cutter for like what the best cup of coffee is somehow it's like i trust them more for something that execute you know like the best pair of scissors maybe i don't know something that can um and then well, they they talk they talk about dishwashers sometimes i mean and, with uh, with things like that with household things like that you know there's always consumer reports too which we've mm. talked about um i kind of trust them more than what i trust Wirecutter to some degree i also feel like you end up with a lot of stuff that's like on Amazon or in, mm -hmm. you know, like it's so they could get their affiliate commissions. And mm -hmm. it's, I, I always take, I mean, they say they're unbiased or whatever, but I, I, with a grain of salt, like mm. take those recommendations. But what I really want, where I see like a niche, Dave, maybe this mm. is us, maybe this, you, for, okay. you, you yeah. and me, we need a new media venture. But <laughs> there should be like a wire cutter for things that are better. Like the good version. Like sometimes Wirecutter will say like this is the upgrade pick. Yeah, right. But I don't. Most of the stuff they recommend, I don't. I'm like that's too yep. cheap or yeah, seven dollar like pen. The, I want the better yeah. one. Like or what's the best pair of scissors that yeah. I'll just own forever? What's the last pair? No, fancy you know? Japanese version of whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, uh, yeah, get, I don't get think on that, that, Dave. Get on that. <laughs> okay, um, that's nice. Uh, and. Uh, I, I, it is funny to see it. Yeah. I mean, we're, I guess we're in a, the ranking rating economy. Do you, do you read, like, do you ever look at restaurant reviews that are written by anonymous people? Oh, like on Yelp? Yeah. Something like that. Um, sometimes, I mean, I do, I, I found my dentist on Yelp and he's, this guy's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, like probably the best dentist I've ever found. Um, they have Yelp I, for dentists. Everything for everything's oh, really? on Yelp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard to find good, good, like people, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but restaurant reviews, if I'm traveling, you know, we were just talking about this at this, we went to this like Japanese restaurant in uh, like in Coachella Valley in the desert. And 
I was kind of saying, you know, there's certain red flags at Japanese restaurants that you, yeah. once you see, you know. Sure. Um, and there were some of these red flags at play at this place. It was almost like very highly, like if you see cream cheese in a roll, like that's a huge red flag, right? Oh, la la. Yeah. So, and you know who our, our friend Jamie, uh, Jaime Apostolou, mm. he, <laughs> he, he like has, back the cream cheese. he has a massive aversion to cream cheese and he like, I think picked it up in some like Hillstone sushi at one point and just like, like instantly called it out. And I was like, Oh my God, that's incredible that you could even <laughs> do that. Um, but that's a huge red flag. So sometimes I'll look for Yelp stuff, but you know, there's like, I have other guiding like with Japanese restaurants or certain things, mm. you know, I think I'm, I'm a little more careful about that sort of thing. Like if it's Korean food, I just want it to be like Korean food on the menu. Okay, it's a rule, you know. It's yeah, basically all these rolls we have that those don't exist in Japan the way they have them here. Anything that's like tiger roll, no avocado, no, no, it's just like yeah. the roll economy is just that's an American thing for the most part. Do you hate that, Dave? I don't um I don't I like to I'm not into it for the generally. I, I want to keep it uh authentic. Yeah, I want to keep it the way that I, I don't need it changed from for my tastes. I would rather go towards the way they do it, not have them come towards me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just like a, you know, sushi in California sort of evolution, right? But I, I get that. It's interesting. I was thinking about there's a good, there's really good Japanese and sushi restaurants in downtown LA. And I find myself down I'm there sure. sometimes. And I went to the sit at the bar and have lunch at this sushi restaurant. That's really good. And I was thinking like that sitting at the bar mm. is such an upgrade at a sushi mm. restaurant. And it's the only place where sitting at the bar in a restaurant yeah. is, is, is an upgrade. That's like That's a good. rare situation. I was like, oh, this is a very Dave thing to appreciate this. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I hope you had a sake uh, on my behalf. No, that it, it's absolutely true at one of the fancy places around here, Nakagawa. If you sit at a table, they kind of serve it at once and it actually costs less. If you sit at the bar, which is, of course, what everybody wants for many reasons, they, um, you know, do it one at a time and, and you're mm -hmm. watching the whole process and it's infinitely better. Um, you know, I, it, it's funny now that we're on this, I, I, I really, really prefer the sake service in Japan where they just they show you the huge bottle. You kind of have a sense it's roughly the category you want and they pour it into this, you know, beautiful ceramic carafe and then you pour that into your glass and it's it's really great i think in in new york at these fancy places they're often serving it in stemware like wine glasses and they think that that's supposed to i don't know what they think that is but i do not like it and i don't <laughs> like the the sake list either because they're so expensive and it's really it's kind of taking advantage of this sort of lack of knowledge sake is so much more expensive here and absolutely not better and in, even at really fancy places where I just was in Japan, you know, it's it would just be like getting a carafe of wine, you know, roughly within a few categories. And it was it was delightful. You didn't fuss over it. It's absolutely great. They'd let you try something else afterward. And and here you're kind of staring at this thing for a long time. You always feel like you're getting the wrong thing. And then they're pouring it into a glass without any of the romance. And it's a zillion dollars. So um, I mean, I think I'm gonna, like, New York, New York restaurants need to. That's how they make money, you know. It's the it's the booze is like all the profit is in the alcohol, so they have yeah. to do that, Dave. 
Well, I, it's not as if the other part is exactly cheap. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure, I understand the economics of it. I, I think there's a way to, um, where's the happy medium? Yeah, exactly. Where I'm, you, you know, you're, you know, how it fits together. You just want it to be, um, to feel good about the up, the higher percentage as it goes along the margins. I yeah. want to endorse those margins. Um, this is fun. I, I I like this time of year. I don't know don't know why exactly. Even when I don't have a sort of Thanksgiving tradition, I think I like I don't know. I like the beginning of the season. Maybe it's because the, the madness hasn't started yet. I like it too. I'm I'm into I'm we're already listening to Christmas music. We don't even care. <laughs> I was in London two weeks ago. I mean, the beginning of November, and they they they're blaring Christmas music at Fordham and Mason outside. I was like, this is crazy. I thought the English were discreet they're not even waiting for thanksgiving which i guess they don't have anyway but i mean the um, the black friday thing is now just like <laughs> the whole month of november everything's yeah. on sale like if you've already if, yeah it's crazy i mean and just everything is on sale all this weird stuff you never would see on sale everyone's discounting it's it's nuts a lot Except of stuff you don't apple, need dave yeah, exactly. apple does a small they do a small black friday discount it's like the only sale they do a year it's like five um, percent. It's nothing. It's like less than the tax. I meant to ask you, uh, <laughs> when do you decide to get a new computer? <laughs> Speaking of wire cutter, my my beloved MacBook Air starting to make a couple of strange sounds every now and then, and it's like, I think this is fine. I think this is fine, and then you just don't want to get in the situation where you're like, oh, it's over. <laughs> I think you bought that. I think I remember when you bought it because we were podcasting, and you're like, I need to. I think you bought it in like 2020. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. The new, I mean, I, I usually kind of keep an eye on the chips, right? So mm. when the, when new chips come out, like now that everything's like on Apple chip, like the M, now I think they're doing like M3. So it's mm. like Apple Silicon. I think it's, they just function a lot better. So I would usually like if they change over and there's like a big advance with the chips, like then I would consider moving over. Like I think if you got a MacBook with Apple you know, with an Apple chip, you would probably be blown away by just how much faster it is. Really? It's just easier and smoother. And yeah. So it might, might be worth it to to do it. My, well, I, I start to watch their videos or and they're I keep talking about like gaming. Um, and nothing I do has anything to do with that. Um, all, <laughs> you, or you any, might, you, if you I, bought a I new do, computer, though. Yeah, yeah no, I have to, I just always get the lightest thing and then the most powerful version I can yeah um uh uh you know that seems right but I always just go by what what's the lightest one because it's really just for traveling writing beloved podcasting and then watching NFL red zone when I'm kicked out of the living room or uh abroad I think if uh, you ended up buying a new computer now you mm -hmm. could use your old computer like when you're on the road and that way oh, it's I like, like that. you kind of worry about it less. And then you always mm -hmm. have like backup if you something happens, you're not totally screwed. Because you have six computers though. That <laughs> famous. I thing. have <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I do I have a huge computer in a storage unit in New York too. Um <laughs> I have um I have a couple I have a couple laptops. Um but I haven't bought, I would get one every couple of years. Like, I don't know, you use them every day, like use them for work. Like this is your, it's not no, that no, big, it's big of an, an expensive, less than one upgrade, Dave. We think of everything in terms of Delta one upgrades for you. <laughs> I I guess it's when, when those th one of those things where I don't want to feel like the person who 
is compelled to get the latest thing when it really makes a very minor difference. I like to wait till there's enough that I notice something or I think um, if you bought a new one now, you would really notice it. All right. Exciting. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I'll go with you if you want, Dave. I'll talk to the salesperson for you. Well, this idea of keeping a set the second one is just in the garage is very exciting. Um well, and, then, you, uh, then you can, you know, then you don't have to stress if it gets stolen or something too, oh. you know, or damaged. Life oh, my on man. the road, Dave. My very important manuscripts. My, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the dishwashing, the dishwashing screenplay is very exciting. It'll, it'll be like misery. Your only copy, Dave, <laughs> it's with you. James Conn. Um, an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Michael. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And uh, it's going to be, I, I wanted to surprise you next week by podcasting from the bahamas and bringing Horanic, who's going to um, be there yeah and then i realized our technical abilities do not allow multiple people talking on one mic really and i also think it was just the internet's never going to work down there Dave. yeah it's it's no a little chance. bit spotty um but uh recorded yeah. dispatch and we'll um i'll patch it i in. like it i like it all right <laughs> nice talk to you michael enjoy the holiday bye david